the Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies, where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I am your host, Kareen, joined as ever by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. Today we are here to talk about Season 3, Episode 3, called... The Paradise Syndrome. Or, as I like to call it, Armageddon Dances with Wolves style. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so... I think everything that you need to about know about this episode can actually be encapsulated by its original title, which is why I kind of paused. Um, the original title, instead of Paradise Syndrome, that they had been going with for a while, was called The Pale Face. Oh, oh no. God. So, take that and just... All the assumptions that you would make about an episode of television made in the 1960s featuring, featuring, I guess, technically they are First Nations people? Well, Because they were stolen? Sure. From I mean, Earth? Yeah. They're all, all but, I think, maybe one actor was ultra white in brown face. Yes. Yes. So there that are, was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Oh, my count has three yes. categories this, this week. <laughs> oh, ladies, people of color, and I'm pretty sure white actors playing people of color. We can actually research that at that point. I that couldn't find of. any I'm for sure except for one. quite sure that we can make reasonable assumptions about what's going on there. Yeah. Um, the planet that is never, the name of the planet that is never mentioned is called Amarind, as in American Indian. Oh, for God's sakes. No. Yes. Yes. And this is essentially every white savior, noble, savage yep. stereotype that you can think Deep of. Deep green ecology nonsense. Uh, wrapped into 45 minutes of very offensive television. Mm-hmm. And very, very poor acting. Yep. Um, yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay, my first complaint about this. <laughs> of many. Settle in. <laughs> Picture one of those cartoons where someone pulls out a list and it unfurls yeah. way off screen. Yeah. And it's actually the most minimal thing to complain about. Mm-hmm. Okay. This episode is called The Paradise Syndrome. Yeah. But when McCoy is talking about it in the episode, he calls it the Tahiti Syndrome. Pick one. <laughs> I told you it was minor, but it drove me up the wall. Well, that is a very specific, very specific criticism. I can see where you're coming from. I don't know that that made it top of my list. No, no. but it drove me nuts and it happened really early. I should notice probably called the Paradise Syndrome because that is a real pop culture thing that predated Star Trek. Then what the hell's the Tahiti Syndrome? I don't know. I assumed that that was mm. like the 23rd century spin on it. Mm-mm. So I believe that the Tahiti Syndrome refers to Paul Gauguin, the painter. So okay. he was an uptight French guy who eventually turned to primitivism when he went to Tahiti and saw all the hot ladies there. And he's like, oh, I'll just live as they do because their life is so simple without conflict and close to nature. Um, blah. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to Paradise Syndrome. They're kind of interchangeable in this context. Yeah. Although I, I should also know, and this is a sort of a sideways thing, the... Um, I know you guys never watched Agents of Shield, but the 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 thing where he tells everyone he's been in Tahiti, yeah, that's what the reference is from. It's Tahiti syndrome, Paradise syndrome. Is that an actual thing that people say though? Well, like, it was in the sixties. I think in the case of Agents of Shield, they were making a Star Trek reference, but 
you know, either or. Are you sure the Tahiti? I've never heard the word Tahiti syndrome before. Granted, I'm not living in the 1960s. Thank God. Oh, for so Um, many reasons. (laughs) But I I feel like I've never heard that before. I've I've heard paradise syndrome. Yeah, paradise syndrome. And I immediately thought of Gauguin when I was thinking about this, like, yeah. that escaping to a more... And I'm, like, you can't hear my air quotes, but, like, they're, my God, there. believe that can. they are there. Yeah. Um, a more primitive life, a and more it's usually, primitive it's society. it's usually a syndrome, and there's my air quotes, that is applied to a fairly privileged, usually white person. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's almost like a temporary yeah. madness. Temporary madness. The man, longing for more yes, natural, yes. peaceful... Oh, shut he, up. he sheds all of the outer things of civilization, going back to a simpler time where men were men and men were screwing ladies left and right. And wasn't that great? And ladies made dinner and made clothes and made... Babies. Babies and cloaks. Really? We'll get to the cloak. I think Kim's going to want to talk about the cloak. Oh, Kim is definitely going to want to talk about the Technicolor feather coat. So we start our episode in what is very obviously a national park. Was it? Uh, Yeah. Uh, it's very nice. Like, all I could hear was him going off about the pines, the pines! Just... Which, there's uh, a Kurt Cobain cover of that song. Yeah, that's a great, <laughs> and I was like, oh, great no. Cover. Uh, the only thing I could hear was the flutes. They were so yes. many flutes! Yes, you know you're in away. trouble when there's those lots are, of flutes and I believe rattles. those are American settler fiction flutes. Lots of pan flutes, mm-hmm, lots mm-hmm. of rattles and... Again, air quotes, tribal drumming. Ugh. It's like... Ugh. There was at one point where the music was happening somewhere in this episode, and the only way I could describe it was, and again, I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. mystical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I did uh, like... It's really Ugh. tough, because they land on this planet, Planet National Park, and they're just waxing poetic about, oh, can you look at those trees? Like... Dang, that wood! Um, and I guess it's a metaphor for something. And they're just like, wow, I see orange blossoms. What that a makes great no planet. Sense. I'm sorry, what? what the in the, fuck? So in their pine forest next to the lake, yes. you've got honeysuckle and orange blossoms. I, yeah, what the do hell? I not know what orange blossoms are? You do, you know what orange blossoms they're, are. They're from an orange tree. Which are tropical. Which yeah. and, where the oranges grow. And don't grow in like the Pacific North In the pines, West. in the pines where the also, sun and don't ever shine. Honeysuckle is also not native to any conifer forest on the earth. So okay. that's completely nuts. I think they were just like mentally filling in the smells they wanted to smell. And that is the limit of my horticultural knowledge. Yep. And at this point, they're like, geez, it's just like Earth. And then I got incredibly angry and had to pause for a minute. That is fair because every planet that they've been to thus far is nine times out of ten. Pretty much just like Earth. They were like, they stopped to say, "Well, what are the odds?" And oh I was like, God! Oh, you mean what are the odds that you visited like fifteen other Earth-like planets with like fucking parallel development so much last season that you developed a fucking goddamn name for the theory? Only twenty-one more episodes of this bullshit. <gasps> the odds are good. Pretty good. I'd say actually eight out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, as a mark in a chemistry class, is pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do this. The, it's just so frustrating with the writers is like they for again institutional memory yeah not even institutional memory just like cable the general conceit of your series it's like twice the number of the people in this room remembering what happened five episodes ago well as we know amnesia is a terrible problem (laughs) afflicting a lot of people that can be cured by sensual massage yeah 
I don't know why the medical community has not cottoned on to this. So I have an important question before we move on. Yeah, hit me. So their purpose for coming to this planet is to uh, divert an asteroid. Yeah. Why did they they have on the planet? Why did they have to beam down? Why was that at all any point necessary? It wasn't. There was no need at all for them to come down to the no, planet's surface. especially since they only have 30 minutes right? to depart or they're going to miss their asteroid deflecting window. Yeah. This is a point. Damn, that's a really good question. Right? It is a completely pointless trip. It is literally just, well, we're here. We've seen the planet that we're going to try and save. Let's just take a quick peek. To see whether it's worth saving? I guess. I don't know. Like, was it on their way and they just decided to pop down? Like, the only reason I could think of is that that weird obelisk thing. That thing. That modern statuary (laughs) uh, attracted their interest? Well, okay. So, I'm going to be the one who creates the headcanon here. Oh, my God. Okay. Hold on to your hat. Mm -hmm. Um, So, there's this civilization of First Nations people living on this planet in, like, a relatively, like primitive, untouched, uncontacted. Hold that thought. What what are the tribes that they eventually quote when they come okay. upon the native village? Ooh, it's the Delaware. Uh-huh. It is the Navajo. Uh-huh. And... Did they say Ojibwe? I feel or, like they said it was either Ojibwe. Ojibwe or okay, so they're probably technically Native Americans. The Navajo, Mohicans, and Delaware. Yes, yeah. I'm yeah, sure they they I know, I know. It's reflux. I know the first... I know the tr- correct term in the America is mm-hmm. American Indians. It's Native Americans, I think. Well, Native Americans. We're not saying American Indians. I don't care if it, it is. It physically right. pains me to say that, so I'm going to say First Nations. That's fine. <laughs> Carry on. Also, uh, it's those are very geographically distant. Yeah. Yes, it's so they didn't have to do any kind of historical accuracy or any kind of accuracy in costuming, and they could just throw whatever they wanted at it that was vaguely... What they happened to have sitting in the costume Pretty long. sure that costuming accuracy was never a concern <laughs> no, on I'm Star sure it wasn't, Trek. but this way they aren't... So, like, it's just one way of saying, like, well, we don't have to actually care. It's just a mix. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, anyhow, moving so, on. headcanoning. Okay. Is... The short version of my head canoning now is that the Federation knows that there is an uncontacted pre-warp civilization on this planet that okay. has some sort of unique... L- n- never mind the fact about the preservers, which Spock only figures out by playing his loot later on. Hey, hey, <laughs> loot solve a lot of the world's problems. Um, but, like, I think they would be, just in terms of, like, general overall, like, niceness in the galaxy... Being like, well, we can prevent this asteroid from hitting this planet. Let's do it and preserve this unique culture. Which is something that we actually see later on in, like, Next Generation. Because they're always ha- yeah, not sure. some, some planet that's never been contacted. And then, you know, Worf's brother is, like, kidnapping them and running away. Mm, yeah. So, you know. No, I, I get that. Like, I, I could think of a number of reasons why they'd want to go. Is that there is that culture there and they're interested in it. But also mm-hmm. there's this weird-ass obelisk in the middle of everything. Well, the thing that... Yeah. Um... My other question that I had from this then was, does anybody from the Federation know that the obelisk usually deflects the asteroid? And that it's not working anymore? So they have to send a repairman out? Or has it just since the last... They've only just found this planet since the last time the asteroid came by? I'm assuming it's on some kind of crazy-ass wide orbit. I I have an addendum to your headcanon. Okay. Um, that they didn't know about this culture and they didn't know about the obelisk, but their like space records, like their their radio, their telescopes or whatever, have uh, a history record of asteroids being mysteri- mysteriously changing direction in this part of space. They don't know why. 
Yeah, well, that could work too. But or it's... that this asteroid comes along every five years and that they know that sure. they have to go check it out. Yeah. So, I mean, there are many reasons why this could be happening, but them beaming down to no. the planet... No sense. They don't even need to go to the planet no. to deflect the asteroid. They don't need well, to go near it. It's like when you're going on a whirlwind tour of Europe. Sometimes you just get off the bus for half an hour to take a picture to say that you've been there. That's true. Yeah. Although I wouldn't know. I've never been to Europe. <laughs> and welcome to the Kim Pity Party Podcast. <laughs> also, so they go up to this stupid, stupid, stupid obelisk. Easily within touching distance which because is no one in this universe For has sure ever covered seen. in symbols, which Spock is like... Hmm, it's evidently writing. No shit! (laughs) (laughs) What else would it be, this writing, writing on the obelisk? Modern art? Hmm. I hate modern art enough (laughs) that I'm actually going to give you a pass on that statement without challenging you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they all, like, walk up to it and touch it because no one in this universe has seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. And Spock think says, it was around by then. <laughs> and Spock basically is like, oh, well, these, you know, primitives couldn't possibly have built this. It's also older than their tri... Again, apparently their tricorders have an ageometer, <laughs> which they can run over things and determine how old it is. Was carbon dating mm-hmm. invented in the 1960s? Yes. The late 1960s? Not as sophisticated. But it wouldn't matter because they're on a pla- planet that didn't have the atom bomb. Oh, that's true. Mm. Never mind. So, unless there's other stuff going on in that planet that we did not know about. The other thing is, is that Kirk asks Spock after he's like, well, it's writing. Kirk's like, huh, what does it say? Fuck you! (laughs) Does that look like it's in English? And you just look at it and you're like, well, obviously, sir. It says, stop it. Stop it, Kirk. Stop it. (laughs) So... There's a settlement nearby, and they actually make a point of saying, we don't have much time. We have 30 minutes. But let's go take but a But let's pee. go take a side trip to ogle the natives. So, literally. literally. Yeah. So, it's it's a mixture of, like, teepees and yeah. longhouses. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Lots of canoes going on. Um, lots of... I assume this is just what they had, like, in the prop stores. Oh, I'm sure. Bring they, it all! They over. had westerns as television shows back yep. then, so I'm just, I'm sure they went just next door and grabbed whatever looked not even good, <sighs> whatever looked in their size. Yeah. <laughs> what has the most fringe on it? <laughs> so much fringe. So apparently, so the Navajo, Mojave, and the sorry, the Navajo, the Delaware, and the Mohicans were the most advanceful and peaceful of the tribes. Oh my god! And then they start. On this weird fetishization of, oh, it's like finding Atlantis or Shangri-La. So peaceful. So uncomplicated. What? Fuck you! you. Also, wasn't Atlantis supposed to be a super advanced civilization ruled by like seven sets of twins? By the point of view. There were a lot of weird shit. I watched a documentary on Atlantis once, and that was one of the things that came up and okay. stuck with me. As a fact, <laughs> as a sentence, a documentary about Atlantis. Um, I'm going to have problems with that. But I don't know that we ever, like, Atlantis was not, like, the be-all and end-all. It was just, like, a place that happened to have nice technology and then fell into the ocean. That Plato probably made up. Yes, as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. And Shangri-La, again, is a place where nice things are, but... It's from a poem. Well, 
Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's it's very weird, like, how, like, European cultures have this idea of, oh, if we, the, the pastoral. Like, yeah. oh, how fantastic it would be to a shepherd. Have you seen a shepherd? Do they look like they're having a good time? No. But, I mean, it's the same thing as when I go camping for the weekend, and I'm like, I wish I could live in the woods. I really don't want to live in the woods. I'm just having a really nice time with everything being quiet. Kareen, stop looking at me like that. I know you don't like the woods. This yeah. Is, Kareen, this is like somebody dropped you in the middle of a giant library with a big comfy chair and endless tea and cookies, and you were like, I wish I could live here forever, but you know you can't, and it's just kind of a dream. In many ways, Kim, I do. Oh, screw you. <laughs> I, do. I, I know live, you live the dream. I live my dream. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's very weird. Like the, I think, I guess it's supposed to be, oh, like the, the, the modern day rat race. If we're stuck behind desk, we're stuck in our starship. Blah, we need to reconnect blah, with nature. Blah. Who cares? Who yeah. cares? Kirk's basically writing an ode and Bones is like, so he has Tahiti syndrome because he hasn't fucking been on vacation ever still. Yes. It's just great it because they do pause to throw some shade on these people saying they couldn't possibly have made that stupid statue. They also ask, shouldn't we tell them? And Kirk's like, tell them what? And Spock says, they're too primitive to understand yes. a giant space yes. rock hurtling yes. towards yes. them. Yes. They're too primitive to grasp yeah. space flight. It would just scare them. It, of course it would scare them. Although, as it turns out, they actually have a pretty good idea of the level of peril. It is funny, because, yeah, yeah when they finally meet them, they're like, oh yeah, so the we sky's broken three shit. times, and we gotta do something with this giant obelisk thing, or, or we'll, we'll all, all be dead. Yeah. So, could you work on that? Yeah. yeah. They're God, pretty much they're on top fine. of it. They're on it. They're yeah. fine. Because guess what? They've lived here for a while. Yeah. They know the deal. What? And then they go back to the Enterprise. They're trying to. The, well. <laughs> what makes me most angry about this episode is that it's actually the most cinematic. The setting it is. is beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, like, the, it's a beautifully shot episode. It's very It is pretty. very, it's very well framed. Shot. If and they weren't so unbelievably racist. Bullshit. So, yes, Jim is like, it's so peaceful. It's uncomplicated. There's no problems. Fuck you. Yeah, I reach into the screen and choke him until he passes All out. All you have to do is live. Ugh. You have to survive. Survive, yeah. So, I mean, like... No problem still means things like access to food, enough to feed everybody every day, shelter. I just work. thought of something else. There's also conflicts with other people. Medical, medical. The, the yes. role that he takes on within the, and I hate to use this word, but within the tribe, um, is a very privileged one in which he doesn't seem to do any labor. We don't see many people do labor except for Manam. Miramani. Thank you. Okay, I was calling her Iridani for most of the thing. <laughs> I did not catch it. She's the only one that seems to do any work. Which well, she's the only be... female character. Yes. No, there's at least two other. There's, there's her, in the... her handmaiden. Shit, you not. Oh yep. my god. So she seems to have the job of taking the fruit and vegetables to the stone, and that's it. Maybe. Well, apparently, you know, it's also her job to take care of. Yes, and then marry the herself god. off to the most powerful guy. In yeah. the village. How? And it seems like a really small village. How have they not died off? Maybe there's other villages just over there. Maybe it's just like a summer village and the rest <laughs> of them are somewhere else. There. So, confession time. I actually watched the last half hour of this before I saw the beginning of it. So I had some questions. <laughs> because, of course, the he goes onto the obelisk. He opens his communicator to say something. The obelisk swallows him. <laughs> Because it just does not like the cut of his jib. Yeah. And I was like, does the obelisk give him his outfit? 
No, that comes later. <laughs> later. I was kind of hoping that the obelisk gave him this outfit. <laughs> and then it went boop, boop, boop. And then out came a giant clothes rack with all the different outfits. <laughs> but that was unfortunately not, not. the case. Um, he gets lightning ding, lightning, thunder, oh, yes, lightning, with very, a memory very frightening. Beam. And don't think I'm not going to complain about that later. Oh, but why wait, Ari? Oh, no, well I, ha- get it over I have with. several very funny lines that I need to get to in context. Okay, so bless just, your heart. I'll hang on to it. He gets, this, again, this was a big episode for me because I felt like this is the point where Shatner becomes Shatner. Boss Shatner. Like, yeah, he levels up to boss Shatner level. (laughs) The part where he's doing his writhing, the part where he's wearing that awful stereotypical First Nations garb, standing on the obelisk with his arms outstretched, and then he hugs himself. Oh my god, where he greets the sun with joy. I don't know, it's the only thing I can think of to call it. It was terrible. It is upsetting, and he grows those sideburns, and I was like, Oh, we're finished. <laughs> so really, this, that's what put you over the top. Yeah, Shat, young Shatner, young like medium journeyman level Shatner <laughs> is very attractive. Boss level Shatner, sideburned Shatner is sideburned, and his face is a rectangle. And he doesn't know what to do with his arms except for hug himself. She really should not have sideburns. I am really upset that no one in the process was like, uh, Bill, we like the whole greeting the sun thing. Like, that seems good. But is there any reason that you're hugging yourself like you're in some kind of 1970s support group? It is not a good look for you. No. And so, yeah, this this was a really big episode for me, unfortunately. <laughs> Welcome to the Kim side of the oh. room. Shatner's the worst. So, poor Spock. Spock and Bones are like, huh, we've lost him. Yeah. And where did you think he went? He went into the... Ob- like, guys, there's nowhere else for him to go. You took your eyes off of him for two seconds. To be fair, that's happened a few times. You can't take your eyes off him for a second. It's like well, shopping with a th- two up until this episode, I couldn't either. <laughs> they they don't even look for him. They're just like, ah, well, we okay. got a jet. I was totally with Spock on this one because they had a very short window mm-hmm. that they really shouldn't have taken a side trip to goggle at the, you know, the native village. And the big rock. And the big rock. It's like, you shouldn't have come down here in the first place. Now they really have to get their asses in gear. And Bones is like... No, we can't leave him. The asteroid doesn't get here for two months. And Spock very reasonably points out the extremely simple math. So simple that even I understood it. And I'm not an astronaut like oh Bones my God. is. This is the part where Spock had to sit down and yeah. act out what was <laughs> happening for Bones like he was a child. Because he is such a petulant asshole. Yeah. Well, he is a doctor. So no no education training None. or logical reasoning. Yeah, he's whatsoever. crouching on the ground with a big rock and a little rock. And he's like, in fact, even explaining this thing, you should already know because you're an astronaut. Yes. Has wasted precious time. Like, yeah. it's, it was not hard. I, really, I would have left I really him too. enjoyed the part where Spock is like, we are all here. In the time it has taken me to explain this, we are now here. And like, yeah. move the asteroid closer <laughs> and just like, you are a fuckhead. Yeah. So true. So Jim wakes up. He's lost his memory, but is still narrating to someone. Oh, he, this was so Oh, weird. the random internal monologuing. Yeah. Like, 
he no longer does his captain's log, but he still feels this niggling sensation that he should be detailing out loud every feeling and thought he had. I wonder if this was in the original script or if Shatner just decided that it needed to happen. No, I feel like it had to be in the script because otherwise how would we know that he'd lost his memory? It couldn't be through acting. No. He did have to. clues. He the thing is, confused. like, if I had muted that entire thing, I still would have known what was going on. Yeah, but we all the know near, how all we the felt. monologuing did was bug me. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair me. because who is he monologuing to? It's an internal monologue. Yeah, brain. bullshit that doesn't happen on Star Trek. I know it doesn't. Never before and never again. So he keeps asking, like, who am I? He doesn't have his name sewn into his uniform, which I feel like is something like <laughs> the, tailors, the tailors of Starfleet should definitely hop on because people lose their memories a lot. Yeah. A lot. So he comes out out of the obelisk and there's these two, oh, how do we ta- say this? Women? Girls Women childs. Child women. Um, giggling and skipping who are coming to bring their giant plate of offerings to the big rock. At this point, I would like to address, I'm never going to remember her name, Melania? Miramani. Miramani. He yelled her name enough times. I couldn't catch it. (laughs) It took me until almost all the way through the episode. I literally thought everyone was saying Iridani. Uh, That is so fair. Her dad's name is Goro, so I don't feel bad at all. No. So she is played by Serena Sharp, Sabrina Sharp, sorry, who at some point was a state senator. Whoa! Really? Yeah. Probably a good idea, because she is a fucking bad actress. <laughs> and I'm going to rag on her performance quite a bit. Is she First Nations or is she white? Oh, hell no, she no. is white. Okay. Like, I I would be I think there's surprised. only I think there's only one Native American actor, and it's the... The father. The father. Yeah. Um, because the Salish is oh, played God. by, Ru- yeah, Salish, is played by Rudy Solari, who, if I had to guess, was probably Italian. So, they're bringing him offerings, mm-hmm. and as soon as they see him come out of the obelisk, they start worshipping him as a god, because that's what happens when you're white and you land on a planet. They call the obelisk the temple? hmm But it's a rock. It's true. Don't you have to go in a temple for it to be a temple? Well, they know you can go into it. Why don't they? saw they? him coming out of it. It's oh, because Salish was supposed to go in, but his, yeah. even his own dad didn't like he him. Comes, <laughs> he comes from a long line of dicks. Yeah. Well, we don't know that they were dicks. We just know that Salish was so much of a dick that his dad wouldn't give him the secret to save their entire planet. Yeah. That is true, yeah. Such was the beef. Yeah. That they would that's not. A that, that's a crazy vendetta to carry. Kind of. Like, but you think he would have whispered it to someone on his deathbed. If not Salish, like, apparently, whatever power he has within the community, like, he's the uh, medicine gentleman, um, it can be passed on to other people. So why didn't his dad just choose someone that he liked more? Yeah. And then skip over that loser of a son? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. If we could go back but Yeah, so time. they do know you can go into it. So seeing someone who is not from their community coming out of it, would probably be a little Who shocking. Who has no zippers. Mm. Um, <laughs> zippers or ties. Oh my god. When we get there. When we get there, when we'll we get, get there. there. But she looks up and is very interested in his godly form. <laughs> and just moseys right up and is like, hey. I described the, um, the music in this section as mystical aggressive maracas. <laughs> 
So I would like to very much skip over everything that Spock does. He's going to the asteroid. They're going to try and push it off course, but it's not going to work because it's not going to work because that's not, not how this work. episode works. But they're zipping over there. My favorite part is they are exceeding safety warnings. Yeah. They're going really fast. I did. I, I think they stayed on the planet longer than they should have trying to find Kirk's stupid ass that fell down a hole. No, that, they looked for five seconds. Yeah. They were like, he's not here, but let me explain how asteroids work. Okay, now we'll we're come up. back. It's fine. It's very silly. I read this as more like ignoring the engine warning light. Well, but they're going warp nine. Bad things happen. It seems like a lot of shit was broken. It's in the danger range. Mm-hmm. Danger range. So yeah, they're going to do that. It's not going to work. We'll just not. skip over that. Yeah. As I did when I was watching this episode. Um, so Kirk and Mira Milani mm-hmm. um, and her handmaiden. Oh, Apparently legend has foretold, as it always is. Also, we need to give props to these legend tellers because yeah. they were on the money. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they kept telling of some guy who's going to come out of the obelisk and he's going to save everyone. And Maybe they I mean. guess he kind of did. Technically. Except technically that guy was Spock. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. Maybe the wrong guy fell down the hole. <laughs> Ain't that always the case? <laughs> so, uh, the, the, you know what? They have a lot of really reasonable questions for him. I really, they like, do. I really thought it was kind of bizarre that Salish is the bad guy because he doesn't automatically think that Kirk is a god. Well, sure. He's a good critical thinker. He really is. Yeah, because he's like, oh, you're a god, huh? Prove it. Which, again, if we've learned anything from Road to El Dorado, is something that you really want to nail down. Yeah. And so Kirk's like, well, I'm not sure. Which, honestly, should be enough for people to go, well... You know what? He was very upfront. Maybe you're not. He doesn't disguise it. He's like, I, I just I have know. no idea. And they tell about the other legend, very active legend people, that the skies will darken three times, and then there's going to plant a god there that will make the sky go quiet. So, don't worry about it. So, does this mean that the asteroid causes, like, the storm that we saw? Yeah. Or maybe that the asteroid, when the sky darkens, are other parts of the asteroid that get really close to the planet? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. And then there's the big one, and then the rock takes care of it. Maybe. I don't know. Well, because like if this is something that passes down and like people have done this before, because they know that like they have done it before. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and then the blue light will come. Like, yeah. So is it like is there three storms ahead, and then once the third storm comes, you know it's close enough to like see it wasn't clear. So in the real world, probably what was happening would have been that this planet passes through an asteroid belt. Hey, wait! There's there is a Stargate episode exactly like this. Yep, that is a much better version of this. Strong agree. So, but yeah, that that could cause weather stuff. Yeah, why not? So, funnily enough, an opportunity presents itself for Kirk to prove that Amazing. he is a god. Yeah. A boy sank to the bottom of the river. Our Melania comes in and explains that's all not, this. That's not very nice. She is unconcerned. Oh, the boy sank to the bottom of the river and now he is dead. There is no more light in his eyes. His spirit is gone. What should... What... Oh, what should we do? Bury him? No, let's bring him <laughs> in the tent. And so Salish is apparently like their, their, their doctor and 
again, air quotes their medicine man, who kind of takes a look at him and goes, well, he's dead, Jim. (laughs) At which point, Jim just starts massaging the boy's legs and giving him aggressive kisses. He gives him aggressive mouth-to-mouth and then pumps his legs for some okay, reason? Okay, in fairness... Is that accurate? Okay, not now. It is wrong. But in the 60s, that was basically how it was done, yes. Okay. There was no... They didn't like, They didn't work out chest compressions until 70s or 80s. I will, the leg thing was how it was done back I then. will grant you the leg thing. Yeah. I will disallow the aggressive mouth kissing that poor child. And yeah. I am... Also going to take off the table the thigh massage. But again, was part of the, at the time. What was that supposed to stimulate? Circulation. Not your lungs. Circulation. Yeah, it was totally wrong. It didn't work very well, but that was how, I don't, it was how uh, resuscitating procedures so I'm guessing they didn't done. resuscitate a lot of people in the It was far <laughs> less effective, certainly. <laughs> So, of course, he comes back to life because apparently CPR is somewhat reliable in this case. Well, more than just not doing anything, yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, the, the boss is like, huh, are you seeing this shit? Before I had worked out their names, I was calling them Grandpa and Doubter. Good. So, Grandpa is like, dang, give him the medicine badge. Which <laughs> <Just laughs> a fancy headband. Which is a very fancy headband. Which, which is elastic. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely on elastics, and this is this giant metallic-looking circle with a line down the middle, which it's got a looks of the obelisk on it. Frankly, uncomfortable. Very. It does look uncomfortable, but um, in the course of my job today, I was on a website that included. Um, I know, it's amazing. I, I go on the internet for work. Um, I was on a, a website that included some pictures from some of the traditional outfits from people in Alberta, and a guy was wearing a beaded headband. With a giant disc on the front. And I was like, you're shitting me, right? <laughs> that, although it was beads, right? Not elastic. Oh, it was definitely beads and not elastic. <laughs> no, the, um, okay. the, I was sort of mentally classing their outfits as like 1960s Joanne's fabrics. Yeah, that's Because my mother fair. definitely owned a shirt that had like that wide patterned elastic thing, like yeah. halfway down the sleeves and the rest sort of is a Lots bell of bottom fringe. sort of thing. Lots of fringe. Yeah. So much fringe. So much fringe. But the deal is, is that uh, Melania goes and gets the headband, strolls over to Salish and gets like, well, I guess you're demoted, and then goes over to put it on Kirk's head. And apparently he never takes it off. Not apparently. Hmm. Well, he did when they were making out creepily in the woods. To better show off his new sideburns. Good. It comes off when the shirt comes off, Crane. (laughs) I see. And then they start worshipping him like a god. Oh, the thing where they... Because they're doing it, they're bowing and, like, bowing their heads and covering their eyes. Like, what, we cannot look upon your paleness? I assume so. It was supposed to be called the pale face. Oh, my God. So, she's out getting a bag full of water. Yeah, Trisha, it's terrible, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to get worse to brace herself. And Salish, the old boyfriend, is like, hey, so when are we going to get married? Have you finished my ritual coat yet? I assume the ritual coat is like the blanket upon which they have sex. It's the clothing that she makes for him to be fancy. Yeah, and then... I don't know. We didn't actually see them banging on the cloak. It looks like it's made out of, like... Muppets? (laughs) No. Reproduction uh, raccoon tails dyed in fun colors. I thought thought it looked like um, fishing flies. It looked like they skinned 47 Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) 
If only. So he's, he's like, so like, oh, when are you going to make me my cloak? And she's like, oh, the cloak is not happening for you. <laughs> he's like, well, but I'm the medicine chief. Did you not notice when I took the giant headband of elastic off your head and then put it on that other guy's? <laughs> I mean, I can get down with her being like somebody other than you that I can marry. Awesome. Let's make this happen as fast as possible. Yeah, I live with her. I can get behind that. Yeah. (laughs) He actually straight up asks her because she's like, "Oh, oh, I can't." Because Tristan says, "Nothing I can do about it." My hands. It's like when you break up with someone, you don't actually want to know the reason. Like, take their fakey reason and walk away. Yeah. Don't go back for. But he actually asks her. Miramani, if you could choose me, she's just sort of like, I have to go. She looks at him and then is kind of like, this is awkward. (laughs) But to sexy guitar music. Yeah. So Kirk has apparently taken up pottery. Mm -hmm. He's gourd carving. He is decorative gourd (laughs) carving, making a lamp, I think. Eventually, but for now, it's just gourd carving. carving. Well, it's something that you can pick up. He keeps doing all these things, not really knowing what he's doing, because he's just apparently, like, his muscle memory tells him to carve gourd lamps. James T. Kirk has innate knowledge of gourd lamps. But is that something you just do by muscle memory? Like, you're sitting there. I understand, like, you know, that, that thing where you they have you sign a paper and it gets your name. I don't know that that works with gourds. Or irrigation. Or irrigation. <laughs> Depends how many fields you've irrigated. Yeah. We get a little tiny he bit He works of... in space! Yeah, I imagine not He's that... not an well, irrigation So did special. Matt Damon. He's from farmland, I guess. But I don't imagine he built many of the canals himself. Nope, especially since he spent a portion of his time as a child off-planet on, like, a mass yeah. murder planet. Fair. We do get a tiny bit of backstory for the uh, the preservers. Yeah, yeah. Hints of the preservers because she explains. Well, the wise ones brought us here from far away. They told one dude <laughs> how to operate the giant asteroid killing machine, which you know, in terms of organization, succession Not plans ideal. is poor. Um, yeah. and then we find out that uh, Doubter's father thought he was such a prick that he didn't actually want to give him that power, but died before he could give it to anybody else. Whoops. So no one has it, but let's not get distracted by the past. Let's focus on the present. How do you take off your shirt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! This part makes her look like a fucking moron because she apparently can't grasp lift from the hem and pull. Well, I mean, if you've never seen stretchy fabric before... No. 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 I refuse to accept that. Her dress slips on over the head. Yeah. It was one piece. It's everything about her is infantile and insulting. She's childlike. The way she speaks is childlike. The way she thinks. She's essentially a girl child. Yep. His child bride. Well, yep. that is kind of the way she's she and her handmaiden are coded skipping on screen carrying flowers. Yeah. In the when she goes to the river to put some water in a bag. You know. Sure. Like you do. So apparently the people are thrilled with him. So they they march into the tent to fawn embarrassingly over him. We we come to honor you. What do you want to be called? <laughs> this is, aw- this is actually a new great. name. This is a great moment. Mm-hmm. So we want to rejoice and praise you, but uh, we seem to have forgotten your name. This is rather awkward. <laughs> and apparently you have forgotten your name. This is also awkward. He remembers apparently Kirok. Close. He's sort of muttering syllables, and they're like, Kirok, sounds great. Awesome. It's like a a, a mashup of Kirk and Spock. (laughs) Oh. Oh. So, 
They're going to get married, because uh-huh. of course they are, when she finishes the ritual cloak. Actually, there is a little moment that I did enjoy, because uh, they're sort of like, are you just please tell us what you want, we'll change to see you, and Kirk has no idea what he wants, because he oh, has amnesia, yeah. and they leave, and he's like, Miramani, why do they think I can help them? I clearly have amnesia, and she's like, well, you did tick all the boxes, and you brought that person back from the dead, I mean... <laughs> Just saying, Kirok. The part where they ask how we can improve ourselves yeah. to make you happy. To please you. I wanted to punch everybody in the face, even myself. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. He says, I need time. And Mirani's like, how about we use something to make out? And lo, she has they plans. do. Yeah. So she finishes the ritual cloak, which she had started for another guy. So awkward. Mm. Because the color scheme doesn't really work with him. No. So, Kim, do you want to talk about the new duds? New duds. Kirk is in a full head-to-toe buckskin outfit with fringe on every available seam and edge. Well, some of the edges are, like, weird patterns. Yeah, I'm so getting there. there. Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, Jesus, do you think I didn't notice? Come on! The arms and the legs all contain a stripe. Of purple, green, and orange jumbly striped material is the only way to describe it. It is tacky as fuck (laughs) and insulting to everybody. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) Yes. So they're going to get married, but first the man has to go to the obelisk and hug it out with himself. Oh my god. He also gets uh, painted with some definitely preschool tempura paint. Um... Yep. On his cheeks, because mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. course he does. He's so happy because he found paradise, and he hugs him. Oh, we already talked about this earlier. Not enough. No, not nearly enough, because he's got this, like, goofy grin, and he just, like, reaches to the sky, and then brings it back on in for a hug. <laughs> this when is I'm- where Shatner becomes Shatner. When I was watching this bit, I'm like, the first time I was like, what the hell was in that paint? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, it's our very finest LSD paint. So he's going to walk to the wedding, I guess, by himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, who's there but the old... Going to the temple, going to get space married. <laughs> so... Had yeah. it in my head all day. <laughs> You're very nice. Yeah. So, of course, who is there but old Salish, who challenges him to a battle with knives. Whoosh! Knife fight on your wedding day? I fast forward through. I a lot cannot of this. think of a better way to spend my time before the actual ceremony. We've mm. been to weddings; they're boring as they are. hell. Extremely. They could be broken up by knife fights. Eh, Just a suggestion true. to anyone who's getting married this season and plans on inviting any of us. Yeah, that's true. So, so he gets him. He like, gets. He him makes him bleed in the hand, mm-hmm. and he makes him. Ble- yeah, he makes him bleed, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You bleed." A god? A god can't bleed. You bleed like a bitch. <laughs> Is the undertone there? Yeah. Um, at this point, again, in all cap locks, I'm going into the wedding, I'm like, she was a state senator? Um, <laughs> so he gets his ritual sex Muppet cloak. cloak. It's, I called it the amazing technicolor feather cloak. I'm going to go with cloaklia. <laughs> Um, it's just multicolored, tacky ass feathers, and then there's some sort of alternate color situation around the yes. body, which I'm assuming is she got as far as the feathers for Salish, and then switched patterns for <laughs> Kirk at the bottom. These colors, they got married real fast. These colors suit him much better, but I really don't want to make the whole cloak again. <laughs> That's fair. 
I just want to bang him tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. So they get married in their Muppet oh, cloak. She, he gets a giant cloak. She gets kind of a capelet. Yeah. Which yeah. is not made her, of We didn't Muppet. really talk about her clothing, but she's got like a mini, a, a fringe. She is a Halloween outfit Indian yeah. princess. Yeah. She's like. With fringe. And she's got like Halloween. Beaded husband, beaded belt, fringe everywhere. And like her wedding outfit is the same. She also does have a. Uh, the same colored spanky pants underneath. Notice that because yep. we see a lot of up the crotch action. Yes, mm-hmm. and her wedding dress is the same thing, but with blue blocking across the chest. Good, good, good. Yeah. My favorite part about this entire wedding is when they kind of are doing the walk round, and it does a really slow zoom in to his cloak. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's their sex cloak. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad we got. We that. should. We should. Sidebar: How long do we think he's been here at this point? Because this is right after three days. Max. Well, because we go to the Enterprise right before this, and sure. we're like, so every the Enterprise is broken in every conceivable way. All we can do is limp back at impulse, which will take basically the whole two months, and the asteroid will be four hours behind them the whole way. And Bones is like, well, what's the point? And Spock's like, well, figure it out when we get there, and stares at the obelisk pictures some more. Okay, but, I retake it. He's been there a day. Yeah, maybe a day, maybe well, two. Well, like, I figure, because, I mean, Spock redlined it to the the um yeah. the asteroid to try and like, yeah. destroy it at yeah. like warp nine. So maybe like two or three days maybe. of pushing at warp nine. You get nine. yourself married in two and a half days. She mm-hmm. was really desperate not to have to marry Salish. That's that's fair. Fair, fair, yeah. fair, fair. At this point, this is where I start watching the end of the episode before watch the beginning. <laughs> and my note here is Shatner really looks like Shatner. Oh, this is where he's shirtless and they're chasing each other, giggling through the forest. Yeah, that's yeah. disgusting <laughs> and I kinda wanna die. We do have another yeah. little scene on the Enterprise here where Spock's been spending the whole time, the whole trip back to the planet trying to decipher the obelisk. And he's sure for some reason, I don't know, that it can save the planet. He's not really sure why. And all I really remember is Bones wandering in and out trying to get him to go to bed. Okay. You need a nap, Spock. Yes. I'm also going to throw a red flag on this play because why does he think that the obelisk would be able to fight an asteroid? Because Kirk's not here to make the impossible intuitive leap and push us forward in the plot. That is a weird thing to assume. It is a weird thing There's to this assume. statue, and I guess it probably fights asteroids. Well, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, that maybe yeah. there is something that people have noticed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's the only thing. If this, if this some planet should have been destroyed by an asteroid 15 times already... And something has been maybe stopping the it. one piece of alien thing there has done it so like it's it's, it's, it's logical it's like it's not a terribly yeah. huge leap like it's, i mean if it was like one bunny rabbit on the planet that just stayed in one <laughs> little area then yes that would be a huge leap that it's a talking rabbit made out of like energy or something but that's fair it makes more sense than a lot of kirk's plot advancing intuitive leaps yes well, Spock He's at does, least had two months staring that's true. at He has taken a leap because he's like, oh, well, my lute told me that it's actually <laughs> musical notes. That was and so those much, are words. Like, Inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How did he even come to the conclusion that it was music and the lute was the solution? Which you don't actually even get to take the lute down to the goddamn planet and use. Well, nope. he doesn't need the lute. Oh. He has Kirk's melodious... Hails to Tones. the ships, oh. which I would say were very sexy and in a deep, very masculine voice. But I'm done with Shatner now, so I won't. Okay, good. Past Kareen would have. So they're chasing each other through the forest, like that scene oh. in uh, the Pocahontas. Second. I was thinking more like the, one of the Star Wars prequels. 
<gasps> the, the meadow rolling, scene. The meadow scene. Yeah. It's like that, except my f- like 78 times more My racist. favorite part of this is when they both sort of landed on the ground with their legs splayed out a little bit and then had to lean in and hold each other while very holding awkward. this awkward position. And it was like the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Like, just face each other and press your bodies together for God's <laughs> sakes. Kim would like to see some action. Yeah, and in, no, I, I actually don't want to see any action. <laughs> Can I scrub this scene from my memory, please? So uh, I assume in an attempt to show the passage of time, Kirk has gained a fancy armband and some bitchin' sideburns. Which oh, I wouldn't odd. say bitching. Well, I think in combination with Kirk, they are a regrettable mistake. But the sideburns are themselves. easy riders, uh, easy rider, night rider, Shatner level of. Sideburns, they make me so upset. <laughs> I, I just, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate his face. I hate how he started growing out his hair, so it started looking like 80 Shatner. Like, oh, oh 80 Shatner time. has way longer hair than that. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate it. And, um, I had a, I had an infinitesimal moment of feeling bad for Kirk because he seems genuinely happy and it's all about to go to hell. Well, yes, because the sky is darkening again. And mm-hmm. so naturally the people are like, Okay, like, deal with this. This is the social compact that we have made. Mm-hmm. You marry the princess, and so you save us from the dark sky. Like, oh, and he's been having prophetic dreams. Oh, yeah. Has he? Yes. Yep. He's been having, no, no, he's been having, I think he's been memories. having dreams about memories about, he's, he's oh, been gosh. having bad dreams about the Enterprise, the lodge in the sky. The strange lodge. Also, she's pregnant. Yeah. Oh, I must have blacked out during and this. And that's how you know she's doomed. Yeah, she's yeah. pregnant. Like, real fast. Ooh. Although, to be fair, there's probably no birth control. No. no. But as far as I'm aware, only one illegitimate Kirk child gets to survive. And not for that long. Ooh. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. yeah. That's... And she she uh, she tells him by telling, uh, oh, yeah, telling by him, pulling out a... I have a gift for you. I think it will make you happy. I'm pregnant. No, she's with child. Ugh. Anyway, can we move on? I want to yes, stop talking please. about this. Let's very, very quickly move through this. So, yes, the sky darkens. They're like, okay, so, like, if you could deal with this. And he goes out to the obelisk and he's like, um, oops, maybe I should have been, like, working on this or thinking about this or trying because Salish immediately sneaks up behind him with, like, the greatest sneaky sneak music of all time and is mm-hmm. like, Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. My favorite part of this is where Kirk is standing on the obelisk yelling, I am Kirk! Yeah, he rages against the storm. Literally. While Stalish is, like, creeping behind a tree going, ooh, this don't look good. So all the people of the village come to see Kirok in his shame, and they brought stones. Yeah. Yeah. That turned around fast. Well, I like how prepared they were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they start screaming, he is false, and start, you know, stoning him to death. Stoning him. At which point, Melania is like, I belong to him! And throws herself in front of him? Mm-hmm. Or just gets in the way? Both. And so, she starts, they both get bombarded with clearly styrofoam There's rocks. one guy standing in the crowd, holding like six fake rocks <laughs> in his arms, <laughs> just like... Picking up one, throwing another, like he's cradling a baby. He had some past things that he had to work through. He had a run-in with Kirok before, and he's like, finally. Mm -hmm. Finally. So Spock and Bones come upon this shit show. Mm -hmm. And immediately all the villagers scamper away. (laughs) No one stays to be like, hey, hey, who are these guys? 
dressed yeah. awfully similar to the way Kirok looked no. when he arrived. To be fair, though, if somebody appeared out of midair in front of you, would you not freak out a little bit? No, because I've seen Star Trek. Uh, they haven't seen Star Trek. No TV, Crane. We don't know that. Pretty sure. Pretty sure in Paradise there's TV. <laughs> That's true. And American or Netflix. it could be like Galaxy Quest. Hmm. I'd have to be very, very drunk if I remember Galaxy Quest correctly. <laughs> um, isn't Tim Allen's character drunk all the time? Or? Yeah. 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 The aliens have sent, have received yes. uh, messages, but it's the TV show. It's a great, yeah. great movie. <laughs> so Bones runs over and he's like, I need chapel. And I was like, how nice it is that she gets to be needed for once. Yeah. Yep. Not sure quite what she does but uh, she shows up and without scanning iridani at all just injects her with some stuff yeah <laughs> well she gives him she gives her painkillers <laughs> we think we well, no, but that's that's what they ask spock asks or kirk asks her to do well, something with the pain he's like my wife is she all right eyebrows <laughs> go up to hairline you're what now you're hey at this point i was like oh chapel's hair is really cute right now oh so cute <laughs> Yeah, Mirani just makes herself at home all sprawled out Spock on that rock. Spock asks the very reasonable question, why were you being stoned? And Miramani <laughs> says, because he couldn't get back into the temple. And Spock's like, well, obviously. And Miramani's like, bitch, I know what I saw. <laughs> Spock leans down to get a better look at Kirk. Spock leaning makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Something about his reclining form is just not correct. <laughs> And the weirdest things piss you off. <laughs> that is a thing. And so Spock's like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to mind meld with you. Uh, except he says mind fusion. Yeah, you know, a mind fusion. Remember your terminology <laughs> production staff. That is fair. So their mind move closer and closer and closer together. Is this the first time Spock has mind melded with Kirk? I want to say yes. I think so. So Spock actually pulls out of the mind meld and he's like, he's a very dynamic individual Blast. he actually jerks back like he's been shocked there is some acting going on here yeah. like on both of their faces mm-hmm. that i'm sure given some distance of years and time they would probably like to take back so kurt goes to miramani spock's like i really need you to focus here it's great because they're like problem solving over the body of the prone unconscious woman who might or might not be his wife. And yeah. they're like, oh, well, let's just kind of solve this logic puzzle. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. And lo and behold, all that it takes to open up the temple is Kirk to Enterprise. With the uh, communicator bloop. I think it was the bloop that did it. No, I feel like it was the Kirk to Enterprise. Kirk to Enterprise. Like, that is the worst phrase. Like, so, okay, so all of these medicine chiefs who, in the past, who have been opening the obelisk and... What have they been saying? Exactly. Have they been Uh, saying... uh, Was uh, it... uh, Yeah, was it, like, the tone of voice? uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh. Please leave the kettle on. (laughs) Like, you could say that just in a regular conversation. Mm -hmm. That seems, again, like a very poor... Poor. Maybe you have to be standing in exactly the spot he was standing in when he accidentally fell in. Da da da. da. That like, why not make it something really out there, like complicated? I would definitely make it more complicated than that. With like a little bit of rattle business. Yeah, it's it's some percussion. It is a bad system because anyone could go down there and get their memory zapped. Yep. Yep. 
The, so my favorite part yeah. is that when they finally like do the blah 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 blah, and it opens up, Melania's body just yeah. slides, <laughs> slides over, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, let's just hop over that." She's lying on the cover of the yeah. door, and she just whoop. Yeah. They call up Sulu and they're like, get the ship out of orbit. The landing party's expendable. The Enterprise isn't. And I'm like, surely they could beam up some of the villagers. Right? There seem to be 15 of them at most. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. The asteroid deflector works really well. Oh, I like this bit because he's like, uh, they, cause him and Spock go down into the obelisk. And he's like, careful, I accidentally wiped my memory the last time. And Spock has this look on his face like, of course you did. And he also says it was probably a memory beam. Like, that's a totally normal thing to just lie around. you have in your asteroid around. deflector? Why? Point. Yes. We've seen before in, like, the episode, like, two episodes ago with the space bimbos, a helmet that went on that bestowed you with knowledge for only a short period of time. Right. Yes. If this is a place where the aim is to preserve the traditional ways of life, okay. then bestowing the person who's using the obelisk with the knowledge to operate it for only a short period of time, maybe the function of the zap beam and it was broken. So it reversed and sucked the memories out. Bless you for trying. <laughs> I tried really hard. But also it involves pressing a single button. Yes. So yeah. I feel like you could probably just pass that down from father to son or father to not asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's this song of six notes and one button. Boop, 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 boop. That's it. Like, I... Yeah. So, the asteroid deflector works. Yep. And, unfortunately, Melania is dying, but she's so because happy that he's safe. Yeah. Because, apparently, 23rd century medical technology can't fix injuries inflicted by fucking rocks. You think that that would be, like, your starting point? I would think so, yes. Yeah. It gets bad. All of her dialogue here is Ugh. almost unhearable. Starts with, I knew you would save them, my chief. And... Yeah. Um, my favorite part of this was that she lies there dying, but we can still flash the credits over her body. Well, sure. <laughs> it's only a woman's body. <laughs> They're practically just part of the set. Yep, basically. So, of course, she dies, saying, I will bear you many strong sons. Ugh. Kill me now. We'll be happy for a long time, and I'll love you always. And he's like, well, I guess I love you too, lady face. And uh, so if you're out, I'm just going to let myself out the back here and uh, see you never. Episode over. Fortunately, no quip out. No, I do like that they let let the tragedy of her life speak for itself. In the original story, she was allowed to live. And Aww. she just lived with... Ooh, the son. That's a trade-off. Does she live alone with her kid on the planet and the title is Pale Face? Or do we change it to the Paradise Syndrome and she dies? Oh my god. Oh. Truly is Sophie's choice. <laughs> there are no good options. None. It's an awful misbalancing act, really. Yeah. All of this is just garbage. Ugh. It's so, it's garbage. Yeah. And the sad part is, is that Hollywood and television have continued to make this exact same story yep. over and over and over again. Yeah. So, uh, Ari, your count? <sighs> four ladies, four people of color who were definitely people of color, six actors who I'm almost completely certain, barring other evidence, were white actors in brown face. 
However, if we are counting characters who canonically were meant to be people of color, that's technically another six. But I'm not going to give the credit. No. Um, Kim, your count. Death. One. Technically one and a half. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> the... Kirk's only been there for, like, two months. That fetus is the size of a pea. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which is probably going to lead us into the future Even episode. in North Dakota. Yes. Not a character. Um, oh, I am not going to give anyone a performance of this episode. I'm taking points away from everyone <laughs> for being involved in this episode. No one gets it. You can all go home and be ashamed of yourself. But I'm going to give my unperformance of the episode to Sabrina Scharf, who is fucking terrible. <laughs> she was in a lot of shows, and I'm sure she was a great senator. Um, but my God, there's a dead child lying on the floor. Oh, he fell into the river, and I think he is dead. Can we help him? <laughs> That's a beautiful, Fa- beautiful. father. Father, father, father. Yeah. Uh, Kim? (laughs) I am actually giving performance of the episode to Leonard Nimoy. Um, I, mostly for his um, interpretive instruction to Bones about why asteroids are bad with rocks. (laughs) It was a good lesson. Uh, Ari? I'm giving it to the asteroid. (laughs) Now, original asteroid or CG asteroid? Both. Oh, well. Glad you mm-hmm. were being so generous. Mm-hmm. Um, life lesson that we can draw from this, Kim. Uh, the key to happiness is forgetting the rest of your shitty life. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck that got dark. Uh, Ari. Uh, come back to me. But no. Um, I think my life lesson... Oh, boy. I hate to think that I learned anything from this. <laughs> Mine would probably be... Attach yourself to no man because they'll lead to your death by stoning. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And uh, just because you come out of a rock doesn't make you a god. Ooh, oh, I've got mine. Oh, yes? When someone straight up tells you they have amnesia, don't grant them immeasurable power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Mm. <laughs> fair, fair. We can really take that out into our lives today. This episode was terrible. So bad. <laughs>